Greetings, family, and welcome to The Journey Continues, the Cities United podcast. My name is Anthony Smith, and I'll be your host each month as we take this journey together to reimagine public safety. Cities United is a national network that supports mayors, community leaders, and young leaders from all across the country who are committed to creating safe, healthy, and hopeful communities for young black men and boys and their families. On each episode, you will hear from key stakeholders from throughout our network who will help us examine the issues that impact young black men and boys' lives, while also helping us identify key solutions and best practices that will help us reimagine public safety and truly create spaces that are safe, healthy, and hopeful for all. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Journey Continues podcast. This episode will be released during the second annual Black Youth Suicide Prevention Week, a week that was founded by our guest, Brandon J. Johnson. Brandon is a tireless advocate for positive mental health and suicide prevention services for youth and young adults all across this country. Throughout our conversation, you will hear Brandon share his insight, share data and the impact that suicide is having on the black community, while also offering solutions and ideas of how we can make sure that all of our children get the support and help that they need. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. All right, y'all. So we are excited to have Brandon Johnson with us uh, for this episode of the Journey Continue podcast, uh, really focusing in on suicide prevention. We are in suicide prevention month, uh, and we know that that's a topic that we need to have more conversations around in the black community. Uh, We are losing way too many of our young people and just people in general uh, to suicides, and we want to be able to make sure that folks get the support that they need. Uh, so we wanted to spend some time with Brandon, who's an expert in the field, really just chopping it up, thinking about ways that communities can be more engaged and be more informed uh, around this issue. So uh, glad you're here, Brandon. Uh, really excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, and just welcome to the show, man. Man, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm glad we got to meet and connect uh, down in D.C. and excited to, to have the conversation. So I appreciate being on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, thanks for joining us in D.C. when we launched our, uh, when we released our guide around suicide, preventing black male suicides, uh, a roadmap for action. Uh, folks will see that uh, attached to the uh, link in the, in, in the, in the, inside of the podcast and in the webinar. Can you do me a favor, man? Just tell folks who you are, uh, what you do, and why you do it. So just give us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Brandon Johnson, born and raised, Baltimore City boy, I say it everywhere, um, if you can't tell by the accent. And so for, for me, like I have I have two dis- distinct hats in the in the work that I do. Um, I uh, work my day job, my nine to five is that I work for SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration, uh, which is an agency within the US Department of Health and Human Services. And there I work in the suicide prevention branch I lead um, a number of initiatives there. I work on um, youth suicide prevention um, as a whole across the country. I lead our grant program specifically um, for that topic. Um, I also oversee our technical assistance arm, which is the Suicide Prevention Resource Center or SPRC um, for, for short. And so I also do um, a lot of work within um, suicide prevention within communities of color. So that that health equity piece in suicide prevention is my thing. Um, for far too long, the, the field 
wasn't into that, right? It was a very like white American focused topic. And so, um, and, and so now like we're into this equity space and that's really um, a lot of the work that I do is focused on how do we take this other places and meet the needs of other communities? And so that's my day job. I'm not representing my day job today, but that's what I do. And outside of that, um, I created a YouTube channel called the uh, Black Mental Wellness Lounge. Um, it is, I call it my pandemic baby. I started it um, in 2020, just after, you know, the pandemic's hitting. Then we got George Floyd, we got um, mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor, we got Ahmaud Arbery, like all hitting our community at the same time. So like our businesses are closing, we're stuck in the house and um, our people are dying, right? In, in right. very public ways. And so there was a lot going on and I made a couple of videos like trying to just support people and uh, things like that. And the reception was good. And I was like, this may be something I can continue. And the Black Planet Wellness Lounge was birthed after that. And so we, we have about 40 videos. I think it's about 40 videos on, on YouTube. And the, the goal of the, the page is really to like inform our people about mental health, about the things that we go to. What does mental health look like for us? Um, what are the, some of the resources that are available for us? Like, what can we do to, to tackle this issue? And so I do that and I do a lot of other things within um, the Black Mental uh, Wellness Lounge. And so, um, yeah, graduate of the greatest HBCU <laughs> on the planet, Morgan State University. Uh, masses from Hopkins. I'm a husband and I'm a father too. Um, I have a son and a daughter, but that's me. And the, the why behind what I do is yeah. it's just because our people need it. Like our people have been so excluded from this conversation um, for, for so long around suicide prevention. Um, it's always been thought of something that we didn't do, wasn't in our community. And, um, you know, once I got into the field and I realized like how much that's not true, you know, I wanted to get in and, and, and do the best that I could for, for our people. Yeah, thank you for that, man. And uh, thanks for going through. Uh, I, I I had a stint in Baltimore for a while because I tried to get in. I wanted to go to Morgan State. <laughs> uh, uh, I did not make it, uh, as you can see. Uh, I was at Baltimore Community College for a little bit, and I didn't get the oh. grades I did to get into Morgan State. <laughs> so, like, to, to your point, right, if I tell folks about a school, that's what I would say look at. So I appreciate yeah. you bringing that up. And I really think, you know, this ideal of, you know, this Black Mental uh, Health, uh, what did you call it, the Black Mental Health uh, Lounge? Black Mental Wellness Lounge. Black Mental Wellness Lounge, which is really, really dope. Uh, how can this, uh, only a YouTube page, do you have other social media channels or how can folks find you? I do. And so the YouTube page is the, um, is the big hub. So any of our videos, just type in Black Mental Wellness Lounge in the YouTube, our page will come right up. Um, we're on Instagram at Black Mental Wellness Lounge. And we're on Facebook under the Black Mental Wellness Lounge. And so those are where we are. You'll be able to see all our posts. And, you know, we post, um, you know, where I'll be speaking. We post information. And then we'll post any of our videos that come out. You'll be able to see um, either a clip of it or a promo of it on those pages. Right, that's dope. So I just wanted to make sure people knew the channels and how to get to you. So I think that's dope. So how did you, uh, so how did, you know, I know the why. So how did you find your way? into this field, right? And how did you find your way to SAMHSA, right? It's like, yeah. uh, uh, how, did, how did all of that take place for you? 
Yeah, I mean, really, I tell people that, you know, I, I really feel like I was, you know, that suicide prevention is is where God wanted me, not necessarily where I was headed or where I was, you know, thinking I would go. And okay. so, I mean, undergrad at Morgan, you know, and I was a psych major. And so we were, um, you know, working on our final project. And so I did mine around the impacts of like community violence um, on mental health, right? So like what, you know, exposure, community violence, like hearing gunshots, hearing about violent crime in your neighborhood, like what does that do? Um, you know to your mental and so you know i i got i wanted to get into the <clears throat> community violence and um mental health space and so you know after you know doing that for a while and you know going to to morgan and trying to do more of that at, at hopkins um you know the more i got into it and um you know specifically talking about um mental health in our community like there was a position that opened up at um the department of uh the department of health over in maryland and so that particular position was focused on like um you know suicide and violence prevention in the state and so i was like okay i can do my community violence stuff and you know really tap into that and so when i got into the position like 85% of it was suicide prevention and not so much the community violence prevention. And I, you know, had some, you know, experience with it. And so I was like, I started to like dig in more like into the data, into what was happening. And when I saw what was happening in our communities and these trends, I was like, man, like I'm not hearing anybody talk about this. And the more, I started to look, I saw, you know, there were so many of our leaders in the field that were talking about it, but they just weren't getting, just wasn't resonating, wasn't getting out into our communities or was it like, you know, at a level where it's very academic. So our people weren't, it wasn't getting to within the community. And so, you know, so I, I wanted to do that there. And while I was there, I had, we, we were able to get a SAMHSA grant. Okay. So we got SAMHSA funding when I was there. And so, you know, I'm working with the grant into communities, like I'm going across different communities, different healthcare systems doing suicide prevention. And um, one day there was a, just a position that opened up at SAMHSA and I was like, <clears throat> you know, wanting to get to the other side of like the grant work, right? So like we're doing the grant work, but wanted to be with some of the decision makers, wanted to be at that level. So I applied for it and, um, here I am. I've been at Sansa for five and a half years at this point. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. But I think that's the thing that I want, you know, always want people to hear, right? It's once you find that purpose and that passion, doors open up for you, right? And, it, you know, you be put in the right places. But it takes work. You got to put some work behind it. But just knowing what it is and figuring out, I think it's important. Uh, one of the things you just talked about really is around, you know, sending the data and how it impact our community. Can you talk a little bit about what the numbers look like, right? How many people uh, in our community uh, uh, commit suicide or, or die by suicide or, or even just have thoughts of suicide, right? So just to, yeah. I don't know if you have numbers with you or not like that, but can you give folks just a sense of what the urgency is and what, what we're dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately, the, the, the rates have been increasing for quite some time, particularly in with our younger population, right? So we've seen a twofold increase in the suicide deaths of 
black youth between the ages of five and 12 since 1993. So five and 12. Five and 12. And listen, if I didn't work at Maryland, Maryland and work with families and work at that level, I wouldn't believe that five, six, and seven, eight age range was real until I worked with families. I always tell people I did this um, presentation with um, Baltimore County Schools and they had two days. It was um, middle school and high school day. And then there was an elementary school day. I did a presentation on suicide prevention both days. I had way more requests. I almost got bum rushed after the elementary school one. Wow. That was the one that they were like, we're seeing this and we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's real, right? And so, and we're also seeing suicide attempts significantly increase with our black adolescents. So that rate has increased over the last 10 years significantly. So from, well, at this point, 12 years that we've been seeing that increase. And so, you know, and then looking at that uh, now, Black adolescents have the highest rate of self-reported suicide attempts over any other age demographic, wow. right? In, in population, right? And not many of us, you know, know that are tapped into that. And so we've seen also seen this this really interesting trend that I wish I could like scream from the mountaintops. Is like we saw in 2020, there was a significant decrease. We got a decrease in suicides in this country for the first time. In, in decades. I mean, it's been a very long time since we've seen a decrease. And so it was like a 3% overall decrease in suicides in 2020. Most people thought it was going to go up. It went down. And so people were, you know, excited, celebrating, like, yeah, we got it down, which is great. Not saying that it's not. But when we look deeper into the data, what we saw was that communities of color, the rates had increased. Wow. The, the rate got driven down because there was a drastic, significant, not drastic, significant decrease with white Americans, but our rate had went up. And I just saw preliminary 2021 data from the CDC and their uh, suicide deaths in the black community went up again in 2021. Um, and so this, these are the trends that we're seeing. This is why it's so important to you know, look at data and pay attention to it. I know it's not everybody's thing. It wasn't my thing for a while, but you learn so much from it. And when you see like, you know, everybody's like, oh, the rate went down 3%. Like we did it. Like, you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. And then we look deeper and we were like, that's not the full picture. No, thank you for that, man. And I think part of it too, and I think you alluded to it earlier, right? Because when we, we've been having this conversation around suicides and we know it's happening in this country, but we've always put the picture as white and it's always been white male, right? And, and, and to your point, when we pull back the layers, we then see that our young people and that our people, black people, are also uh, uh, victims of this and, and a part of, should be a part of the conversation. Uh, can you talk about some of the what, what are some of the hangups that make it hard for us to have this conversation in the black community? I mean, I, I think stigma is a is a big piece about it. We don't, um, we know we don't talk about it, and we feel like for so long we've been fed this information about it not being something that we do, right? And so, if the people who experience it often feel even more isolated because they feel like I'm going through it. Nobody else around me is going through it. They had the perception that nobody else around us going through it. And for a long time in our community, it was seen, you know, we know 
the you know how big and how much of a presence like you know faith and things have in our community but um you know we've also been fed that it was a lack of faith if you think about you know dying by suicide that there's a lack of faith there right that you're not you know trusting that that god's going to work things out which was another thing as well and also we have these these tropes in our community that and these things that we've had to to live by because it was really for our survival so like being you know for for black men being strong being tough not letting things get to you um being able to like you know take whatever life throws at you whatever things people throw at you um and then we have like the strong black woman thing where black women can handle you know anything they should be able to get um, and experience all the trauma all the difficulties all the challenges and that they're supposed to be fine and so we feel like there's something wrong with us if we're not tough and strong 24 7 365 like we we can't feel this way we can't you know we have to be able to handle everything that's thrown at us and so like with that we feel like there's something wrong with us if we're experiencing these things and so um a lot of it is having to get out of those conversations and, and things like that and you know for so long in our community we haven't even had i tell people we haven't even had time to focus on our mental health and, and what's happening there we've had so many things that we have had to deal with that we're still dealing with and you know thankfully to those that came before us and our, our ancestors where we have some some time and clarity to to think about our mental health and what that means for us but for a long time it was our physical health our physical safety the laws that were against us law enforcement um, police brutality and murders you know all those things you know trying to get you know equal rights was a big part of what we're doing and so now that we're having this conversation and having this conversation around mental health, there's a lot to unpack. Like there's a lot to to get there. And so I think we're at the point where we're having these conversations, we're not having enough of them and we have to break through some of those, um, you know, stigmas and challenges in our communities about um, this being a real thing that our people experience. Yeah, thank you for that. And I think more voices like yours and others who we've met along our journey, because, you know, uh, suicide prevention uh, is not at the core of Cities United work, but it's a part of our work because it impacts the same population that, you know, also is impacted by community violence. Right. And and right. and, uh, uh, and uh, what's the uh, you know, and, you know, we do a lot of work around gun violence. It's guns, the primary choice uh, for folks who are. Uh, who, who who attempt suicides? Overall, yes. So in our in our country, by far, uh, death by suicides happen by firearm. I believe the last statistics I saw is between fifty three and fifty seven percent of all uh, deaths by suicide happen by by firearm. And but looking at especially our you know, and that's consistent with us too. Um, with adults, with children and with younger folks, um, it's actually um, hanging is, mm. is is the one in our community uh, for black youth. And we see Hopkins did a study on it here in Baltimore about it. Um, but it, hanging is the, the bigger one. But the larger issue as a whole is firearms and firearm safety, for sure. Uh, so it's a lot to take in, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation and hopefully we'll continue to have more. I know we're going to highlight this at the convening this year in October in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. 
downtown. So, you know, we just want to continue the conversation. So you are hosting Black Suicide. I think it's called uh, Black Youth Suicide Prevention Week later this month. Uh, uh, it's going to, during the time of this release, it'll be uh, September 25th through the 30th. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is that a new thing? Has it been around? Uh, and what's your plans for it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, it's, it's still in its infancy. This is the second year um, that I've, I've done this. And so I launched it last year just because, again, you see a lot of stuff come out. Suicide Prevention Month is September. You see a lot of stuff come out. You see very, very little come out with a focus on us. Um, and so seeing that and, and, you know, wanting to like do something about it, I created this um, Black Youth Suicide Prevention Week um, for September and it's um, like the last uh, week in September. And so particularly um, what I, what is gonna happen in this week is that, so that, that's why, you know, subscribe, follow, be connected to all the things. Um, I'm going to be uh, releasing um, a series of infographics um, on Black youth suicide. So talking about data, what we can do to help, how to get youth, and get youth engaged, what can families do, what should the field be doing, like all those things. Um, I'll be dropping an uh, infographic every day, and that's what I did last year. Um, and this year, on top of that, we're doing um, some videos. So I'm doing some videos as a part of it. So. Um, I one just want to thank you all for you know dropping this and releasing this during the week, um, and so I have a uh, our first ever live Black Mental Wellness Lounge episode is going to be on the 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm doing a collaboration with a podcast called Conversations with Nicole. Um, we're going to have some uh, guests jump on, interview a couple people, talk about. Um, how to get people connected to therapy. Um, I have another one scheduled, a video scheduled with uh, three Black researchers that are doing work in Black youth suicide prevention. So to talk to them and, you know, and my goal for that is to help other young people who are like coming up in these spaces who want to do this work to learn from, you know, these three Black researchers to see like, this is something I can get into because we need more people in that space as well. Um, and I'm also having um, a doctor come on, a, a, um, a black female doctor to come on um, to talk about how to advocate your kids, how to advocate for your kids in the healthcare system because there's so much bias and racism within healthcare systems when you're trying to navigate that thing. Um, so to really give perspective on how um, to do that as well. And so that's just, that's just a few. There are a couple more videos that are going to be dropping um, uh, during that week. And so we want people to subscribe and get um, all that information. And so like you'll see those things uh, published throughout the week. The infographics, easy to, to share, to download, to have, um, you know, so it'll have a lot of information in those. And so really, it's an awareness campaign. We want people to know that this is an issue and to have a quick place just to get the resources and information there as well. So I'm really um, excited about it, looking forward to it, and hopefully it'll it'll help people. Now that's dope, man. And it's exciting to uh, hear, you know, you're moving into your second year, but you, you know, you took the initiative to say, I need to raise the awareness of this. I need to, and you're bringing in all of these experts that people need to know, right? From the yeah. field, 
who are doing the work. And I think that's a that's a thing that we have to continue to do because there's so many folks, uh, black folks who mm-hmm. are research around the issues that concern us that just don't get the elevation to your earlier point. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to appreciate that they do. So I really appreciate that. Uh, as you think about, you know, you know, giving us some examples, right? Because, you know, when we dropped our report uh, around preventing black male suicides, one of the things I've since it's dropped realized that we have an oversight is really around helping families and caregivers understand how they support and how they can be uh, see early signs and warnings, right? So what would you say to parents and to caregivers and just family members around what to be looking for uh, and, and how to be aware? Uh, that, that somebody in their family might be in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> really, I tell family members, caregivers, people connected to other people, um, you're the expert of the people around you, right? You you know how, you know, generally speaking, how they respond to certain things, how they feel, how they articulate when they're going through stuff. If you're seeing changes that cause you concern, it could be a change in um, in appearance, right? Like, you know, being disheveled and things like that. So it could be a change in appearance. It could be a drastic change in mood, right? So like, you know, they're good, you know, one day and then like really down the next, or they could be down for a long time and all of a sudden things are good. You know, just something that, you know, triggers a, you know, this seems, you know, different or odd. Um, and people start giving away prized possessions, right? Things that are close to them, right? And they're like, you know, kind of randomly giving that away. And then two, there's a bunch of verbal signs. And I tell people all the time, take them seriously every time. You know, there's a big thing in like, people talk about it in like suicide prevention around like, oh, they just saying that for attention or oh, like they're just upset. And I, I tell people, um, I tell people all the time, big bro, I've been working in this space for nine years, right? I've been in suicide prevention for nine years. If someone walks up to me right now and says, I'm thinking about killing myself, I have to take it seriously because with all the training, all the information, all the things I know, I can't initially say that this person is, you know, quote unquote serious, or this person is quote unquote doing it for attention. I don't know. So my job is to take it seriously every single time. So I tell people, get people connected to um, services. One thing about parents and caregivers also that I I stress with them and I know it's challenging is is patience. So if you see, you know, some signs and things that are troubling, some things that are concerning, you know, express your concern from a loving way. Right, yeah. you know, tell people I'm seeing this. I'm I'm concerned. <clears throat> I'm not coming to judge. I'm not coming to tell you that your problems don't mean anything. Like I'm asking, are you okay? Because I care, right? And I want to try to help you, you know, navigate these things. And so if they, if you know that they're going through something and they don't want to talk in that time, you know, be patient. Just let them know whenever you're ready. I'm here. Like I'm gonna listen. I'm not gonna judge you about what you say. You know, I tell parents, whatever, like, you know, if you're talking to kids, let them tell you what's what's going on and look at it from, you know, a different perspective. Look at it from their perspective. Because I know so many parents are like, you know, they so upset over this girl or over this boy. You don't remember when you were upset over a girl or boy? Absolutely. I'm I'm sure you did. (laughs) So it's not difficult for us to put ourselves back in those situations. So 
yes, during that time, that especially like high school, like young college, that was your life. It was usually around somebody that you, you know, were into and stuff like that. Like your friends groups meant a ton because they were a safe place when your parents weren't. Like if those relationships are damaged, they're heavy. So listen without saying like, oh, that's, you know, you won't even remember that person 10 years from now. Like, that's not the way to go. Those are important things. So listening without judgment is another one. And then just being tapped into, you know, resources, whether it's um, the 988, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline's new number, um, you know, whether it's that, whether it's knowing, you know, uh, crisis centers around your area that may be able to help. Um, and then also, you know, helping a person navigate, trying to get other resources and, and go to therapy. That can be a very challenging process to go through. So just somebody being willing to say, like, I'll help you navigate it, like, can be a really, really major thing and support for them. And so um, I, I think those are some of the things that I would say and some of the signs that may come up. Um, but it's really important for us to just build community with one another within families to say like i'm a support system um i'm here for you if it's not today if it's tomorrow if it's next week whatever it is i'm here for you whenever you're ready yeah that's dope thanks for that man really tell you know it's that idea to your point we're the experts of the people around us pay attention listen be patient right and i think that listen without judgment uh but I think the big piece I do want to make sure that people understand is understand what your resources are around you, right? Uh, because you don't want to have to look for them once it happens. You want to be able to have them ready. Uh, and I think it's okay to, you know, just like you got your doctor on, you know, just have all of your stuff right. so that if it happens, right, you, you're prepared uh, or you can share it with somebody else. But just know what supports you have in your in your city and in, in your locality. And try to find folks who are competent, you know, cultural competent to you, right? And, and that you really get to. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, as we can, as we wrap up, one, I want to again, can you tell folks about the week? Uh, what's happening? When? What's it called? And how they can help and support it? Absolutely. So it is Black Youth Suicide Prevention Week. It is September 25th through the 30th um, across our social media channels, across um, the YouTube page. So again, Black Mental Wellness Lounge on YouTube, Black Mental Wellness Lounge on Instagram, the Black Mental Wellness Lounge on Facebook. Um, but but tap into those. We'll be releasing. I think I have six infographics that go out during that week. Um, I'm hopefully if we can get these other two booked, I'll have six videos <laughs> coming out this week. Man, it's this schedule it is brutal. So trying to get these last two. Um, last two videos scheduled but um <clears throat> hopefully it'll be six if not we got four confirmed already um videos that'll be dropping the um black mental wellness Lounge live with conversations with nicole is monday september the 26th at 7 p.m if you go to our youtube page it'll be broadcast live it'll also be on conversations with nicole and that's just that's her handle everywhere um, you'll, it'll also be broadcast through her channel on Facebook and Instagram, I believe. And so um, looking for that. And then again, just follow us. It'll be a video um, infographic um, each and every day. And and yeah, so putting together a couple more resources um, as well. And, and it's something we're building also 
for black youth will be coming out that week. I don't want to just share what that is just yet. So you got to tap in to see it. But if you have a black young person in their lives, it'll be something that you're going to want to share with them. Again, can't say it yet. Um, but I would love if people were, were tapped in and um, just share the information. If it doesn't resonate with you, if you, you know, you feel like it doesn't, you know, it's, um, you know, geared towards like a family member or, you know, a friend that has some young people um, or someone that you know that's a teacher or administrator of the school, like share it with them um, so they have the information. We just want to build, again, this is just our way of building connection and building community. Oh, that's dope. Really appreciate that, man. So last question for me that I ask everybody who's on, right, is really around what gives you hope and what keeps you going, right? As you think about all the data that you share, you talk about all the laws, right? But what gives you hope and what keeps you going on? Man, honestly, <clears throat> it's the hope piece comes from me with that. I've never seen this much attention on this issue. I've never seen so many people, you know, tapped in. Just like you said, you know, with you all of like suicide wasn't necessarily where, you know, the, within the work that we do, but we saw the need and so we wanted to address it. Like that in and of itself is going to change lives. Like that is gonna save people. That is gonna, that's where we need to go for people to see this and be motivated and and then do something with it and then act on it. Like that's for me, you know, where the hope is. Like seeing like you guys put out your toolkit, like I was like thrilled because I was like, I didn't know this was coming out. I've shared it, we shared it at, I shared it all the time. It's in my uh, PowerPoint now, I let y'all know that. My PowerPoint that I take everywhere, y'all resources in there. And so it's like, those kind of things make a difference. And so when I see stuff like that happen and I see like a community organization I didn't know about has popped up to work on this, like this agency um, wants to do something around this now that I didn't, you know, that I'm just finding out about. But the more like, I feel like the more I hear about people wanting to do stuff with this, the more I feel encouraged um, that we really are going to have a handle on this. Like the, the trends are going to change soon. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that happen. That's dope, man. I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing that hope, right? Because I think that's the same for me. You know, I think the work can be heavy every day, but, you know, finding this moment and if people, more and more people coming to the table saying we can we can do this mm -hmm. uh, is worth so Brandon, we really do appreciate your time. I appreciate your energy and I really appreciate your initiative and, and, and thoughtfulness around creating this week that focuses on our children, right? Because they need to know that we're here. They need to know that we love them and that we care for them. So I just want to thank you for that, Brandon. Just thank you for spending time with us and we look forward to supporting you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And again, we're we're partners. Uh y'all y'all stuck with me. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate being on, bro. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Journey Continues. I want to give a special thank you to our guests for joining us and sharing their wisdom and their knowledge. Join us every month as we elevate new voices, strategies, and resources to help us reimagine public safety and move us closer to our vision to create safe, healthy, and hopeful communities for all young black men and boys and their families. I want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Levi Strauss & Company. As a global iconic leader, Levi Strauss & Company knows that what they do and say matter. That's why they have pledged to support gun violence prevention efforts by providing grants to nonprofits who are working to end gun violence across the country. By elevating the stories of grassroots organizations who are successfully implementing violence prevention strategies in their communities and funding nonprofits who use digital tools and platforms to empower 
and lift up the voices of youth activists. Levi's believe that we can counter the gun violence epidemic in this country and make communities around this nation safer. To learn more about their goals, please visit their website at levistrauss.com. That's L-E-V-I-S-T-R-A-U-S-S.com. We look forward to continuing this journey with you. Peace. See you next month.